0: Today I wanna talk about taking your skills to the next level, Facebook signing a deal with Warner Music Group, and I give some bodybuilding advice. This is Share the Knowledge. For the last 22 years, I've been rocking stages, playing in clubs, and having a lot of fun as a DJ and turntablist, and I've seen and learned a lot. Now it's time for me to share that knowledge by answering the questions that can help you become a better DJ. I'm DJ TLM, and this is Share the Knowledge. Today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoo. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your boy, DJ TLM, and welcome to Share the Knowledge, episode 41. This is my educational podcast for DJs where I talk about all things DJ-related. And of course, this is where I answer the questions that you can send me on social. The handle is DJ TLM. And of course, on my YouTube channel, DJ TLM TV, in the comment section and through email, DJ TLM TV at DJTLM.com. Now, like I said, today I want to talk about facebook signing a licensing agreement with warner music group i want to give some bodybuilding advice what and i want to talk about more health issues and also want to talk about taking your skills to the next level and i received a question about stagnation in progress when it comes to being a producer doing it for a long time and feeling like you're not getting better now i want to send a shout out to my sponsor Banzoogle for sponsoring the share the knowledge podcast if you want to know more about this podcast make sure you check out the website share the and for the podcast i drop a new episode every monday on anchor itunes and soundcloud i want to start by sending a shout out to everyone who joined me last friday in the milky way in amsterdam for the dj city amsterdam link up we had a great time the photos will be online soon um it's just great uh see people that never met each other before connect, but also seeing people that know each other from way back, but might not see each other that much and seeing them connect again. The social element of DJing is not really the same as it was back in the days. And I'm not trying to say that it was all better back in the days, but the record stores played an important part in the social calendar of a DJ. This is where you went every week. For me, I went like three times a week to check out the latest imports, the newest vinyl. But this is where you also saw the other DJs because they came to do the same thing, check out new music. So you saw each other at the record store and then you would talk about the gigs from last week. You would talk about your upcoming gigs. You would be checking out music and then you would be like, yo, have you heard this one yet? Yo, check it out. And they'd listen or they'd ask you if you already bought that record right there. Then you check it. You're like, oh, I need this. Give me two. Um, And then the next person would come in and yo, it was like a big uh, family get together a couple of times a week. Now, I'm not trying to make this more romantic or um, great as it was because there, of course, were a lot of DJs that you never interacted with because you didn't connect with everyone and not everyone is as open. If you're a little bit of an introvert, then you walk into the record store, you mind your business and you don't talk. But for most DJs, this was the place where you found out who was a DJ because you had some enthusiasts that would come in to buy records. But especially after the CD had already emerged, most of the normal consumers were buying CDs so when you came to that import record store most of the people that walked in were djs but this is where we connected and you kind of miss that now because you're all getting your music digitally and even if you get it on vinyl you're probably ordering that vinyl online because there are not really any record stores left um we got a couple so shout out to black gold in amsterdam um but you don't have a lot and a lot of the new music is not there anyway, so most of you probably are subscribed to uh, a DJ pool or you get it from iTunes or a multiple, multiple options that you have, but all digital. So a lot of times I'll only run into DJs uh, at a gig backstage that you might talk for a second. That's gonna be a quick what's good and either you have to go on or they have to go on or you talk for a couple of seconds while you have a drink, but you got the loud music. It's not the same way uh, of interacting. So the link up kind of gives you that feeling again. And that was great for me to see that uh, again. This was the third one I did in Amsterdam. And um, yeah, we had a great time. So I want to send a shout out to Kipsky, who gave a great example of his newest um, journey. And that is synth So that's turntablism, but it also involves actual synthesizer, uh, an actual synthesizer. And I know for a lot of you, a synthesizer, you might be thinking of a keyboard. No, I mean the actual big synth, the patch bay with all the cables going in. And he has that connected to um, a Vestax controller one. If you don't know what that is, it is a turntable, but Google it. It's something different, something special. Only 50 were made. Um, and then he has tractor connected and a Z2, and he's making live music. But he's actually—it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's hard for me to explain. But this is a combination of turntablism, live sound design, and sequencing. And that was pretty cool to see. And I was glad that I could give him this extra platform to show it live to a lot of DJs. And some might even be inspired to check it out now to see what it actually is. But Kipsky's always been one of these experimental, um, futuristic DJs looking ahead. So um, I'm excited to see what else he'll be doing and uh, make sure you check him out, DJ Kipsky. And uh, of course, shout out to my homie, DJ DNS, who gave a little bit of a, a seminar about turntablism, showed a few of his Red Bull 3 style things, and uh, that was dope. Shout out to DJ Cross from Belgium, who made it to the finals this year. Um, he also was uh, in attendance. He was in Amsterdam, so he dropped by. And um, yeah, man, we had a great time. So. If you live in the Netherlands and you haven't been to one of the DJ City linkups, if you're a DJ, make sure you follow me on social. I will be announcing the next one. It's gonna be a while, but make sure you follow me so you can come join us next time. I saw an article on the DJ City website last week about Facebook and Warner Music. Now this could be interesting for us DJs as it has to do with copyrights and we always deal with copyright issues. Uh, So let's just check out that article first. Facebook has signed a holistic licensing agreement with Warner Music Group, according to a press release from the label. The deal means that Facebook is now partners with three major music companies, the others being Universal Music Group and Sony. The agreement will allow users to create, upload and share videos with licensed music from WMG's catalog across Facebook, uh, Facebook Messenger, Instagram and Oculus. Like the UMG and Sony deals, DJs and producers should be free to upload videos of their mixes, remixes, and routines that contain music from the label. WMG's family of label includes Atlantic Records, Warner Brothers Music, and Parlophone. Their roster includes Skrillex, Ty Dolla Sign, Lil Uzi Vert, Party Next Door, Cardi B, and Ed Sheeran. They also control the catalogs of giants like Wu-Tang Clan and Linkin Park. WNG did not specify when users will be able to start using their content. Warner Chapel Global Digital Strategy EVP Eric McKay said in this press release, the team at Facebook is creating a truly innovative product and is showing a real commitment to its participation in the growth of the music business. We've taken our time to arrive at the best possible deal, one that recognizes the value that music creates on social networks while empowering our songwriters to reach audiences around the world. And WMG chief digital officer Ole Obermann said, our partnership with Facebook will help expand the universe of music streaming and create supplementary revenue for artists. Fan created video is one of the most personal, social and often viral ways that music is enjoyed but its commercial potential is largely untapped. So as usual, uh, the labels are in it for the money. It's a business, I get that. Um, But this is still positive news for DJs. I mean, like I said, we've been dealing with these copyright issues everywhere. So if this means that they are working on a construction that will allow us to at least post content like mixes, uh, then I think it's truly helpful. I mean, uh, posting a mix is still a good way to present yourself and all of the possible platforms we had were getting cut off. I mean, you could try to post and in some cases it, w- it would stick and from a lot of places it would get deleted. So knowing that Facebook now has a deal with three of the biggest means that you should be able to use a lot of different mm-hmm. music now, again, the article did state that they didn't say when exactly this would start, but I have to imagine if that deal has been signed that it should be pretty soon. Um, so yeah, to me, stuff like this always sounds like good news. I mean, I saw this article and I saw some comments and I don't think everyone understands what, this exactly, uh, what exactly is meant by a deal like this because I saw DJs that were actually complaining Like, oh, here's Warner Music again, but no, this should be a good thing. So um, yeah, to me, it's positive news. We'll see if it works. And hopefully the labels and all these online platforms can come to some sort of agreement that will allow us to do what we do. This is what was missing for me when I was doing mixtapes back in the days. I was under the impression that I was actually supporting artists by having them on my mixtape. First of all, I never had the full songs on there, just part of the songs. And to me, that was like promoting the artists. Of course, I was using their music for my mix to showcase my skills, so I'm using it as promotion for myself, but I'm getting their music out there. And this always seems like um, sort of a, Broken relationship because you as a dj would get promos from the labels, but if you use those promos on a mixtape um, That wouldn't be legal. So they should want us to use those promos to promote their artist, and the mixtape is a great promo tool so deals like this show me and they even quoted their quote is saying that they see a lot of potential financially so If they can come to an agreement with Facebook and maybe they earn a little something when uh, one of your mixes gets streamed a lot, that should be a good thing for everyone involved. Time for me to go back into my DMs on uh, Instagram for a second. And I uh, saw a question that I saw a couple of times. so I think it's good to explain this uh, once again. And the question is, hey dude, have been watching heaps of your mixing and scratching tutorials and just wondering, are you making your own vinyls? I wanna get started on vinyl instead of a controller, but records here are fairly expensive because you have your own yellow records with your samples, etc. cetera. So I think it's a good idea just to explain real quick what I actually use when I DJ because not everyone has the same information when it comes to all the technological developments that have taken place in the last 10 years when it comes to DJ gear, DJ software, and um, in my case, DVS. So when you see me DJ with the vinyl that I use, I'm using control vinyl and I'm using DVS. DVS means digital vinyl system. And basically you're using DJ software on your computer. So when I go out to play, that's on my laptop, I have DJ software. That DJ software has the music. The music is on my computer. I play that music through the DJ software, but I can control the music with my turntables because I'm using special control vinyl. So that yellow vinyl that you saw, that's control vinyl, if you would hear it, all you hear on there is a beep, that's a tone. Now, that tone, that signal goes from the turntable to the mixer into an audio interface to your computer. The DJ software receives that tone and it can translate the movement of the vinyl. So basically, if I move my control vinyl back and forth, the DJ software recognizes the movement and it will take whatever track I've loaded into my virtual deck and move that track back and forth. So I can still play with vinyl, but I don't have to bring all my crates because all the music is in the computer. But I still manipulate the music by moving the vinyl back and forth, changing the speed with the pitch slider to match the beats. And that's what you see me use. So I don't have my samples on that yellow vinyl. That yellow vinyl just has that tone and all the samples or songs that I play are in the computer. So when it comes to DVS, you can look at Serato, DJ, Record Box DJ, Tractor. Uh, they can all be used with turntables and control vinyl to play the way that I play. Now, those records are not um, cheap, but they last for a pretty long while. And you have different kinds and you can get like a pair, for 30, 40, 50, depending on on the design. If you have the straight black ones, they're cheaper than um, see-through or special colors, but um, that is what I use. So you don't need a lot of vinyl. I have a couple of sets of control vinyl, of course, but uh, it's not like you have to have crates of that. Um, So yeah, that's basically the thing. I don't make my own vinyl. You do see my logo on my vinyl but that's just the label. So you can get custom stickers made that you can put on your vinyl with your own logo on there. So it's Serato control vinyl with a custom made label with my logo on there that I put on top. Right now I'm diving back into my DMs and as you can tell I check my Instagram messages quite frequently. Not on an everyday basis yet I'm going to try to do that but it's a good place to ask questions and some I will answer just one-on-one and some I'll add to the show. Now very important if you do not want me to mention your name make sure you put that in there. Uh, I don't always mention names but sometimes when I'm reading and I see a name again I'll just mention your name or give you a shout out. So if you don't want that let me know. In this case, it's clearly stated, please um, don't disclose me if you vlog, meaning make this video. So uh, I also get questions from all over the globe and English is definitely not always the first language. So sometimes the question might be a little hard to understand. In this case, it's not that long of a question. I'm just going to sum it up. But this question comes from a person who's been making music for nine years started at nine is 18 years old now and still feels that the music that's coming out is not as good compared to some other producers that are the same age and have been making music for less uh, of a time like a producer named mesto was mentioned who was the same age and started five six years ago and is way better should i give up I don't want to, is music not for me because even after many years, uh, I can't make some good music. Now, listen, talent plays a part. That's just a fact. Hard work is very important. So if you've been producing for nine years, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that you started to make music nine years ago and you do it every once in a while or that you're doing this on a daily basis. That makes a difference because, Work is one thing, talent is a thing, and I can't judge. I, I don't know what you've been doing. But here's the thing. If we take 100 people and we give them a basketball and we're going to let them practice every day for the next two months, after those two months, you're going to have maybe five or 10 people who definitely improved a lot. Then 50% is gonna be a little bit better. And you're probably gonna have the rest of them not being better at all because they just don't really have any talent for basketball. Makes sense, right? We're not all gonna be as good at everything. So you can give a hundred people some music producing uh, software or hardware and let them go at it on a daily basis for a couple of months or even on a weekly basis for a couple of years some will become very good producers, some will become okay, and some will just still make bad beats because they're just not that musical. So, I don't know. You need to ask yourself the question, have I put in the work that I need to put in? Do I understand the fundamentals that are needed to make some good music? Do you know how to count music? Do you understand things like bars and phrases? Um, Do you have an ear? For key so do you know when sounds clash when you hear them together stuff like that and um have you put in the work like i know most of the like great producers or at least producers that have had a lot of success they would be in their room like every hour that they could and they would bang out like 10 20 beats a day a day so they were working on that craft non-stop And that's what a lot of times will elevate them to that uh, top position, or at least when it comes to skills. I mean, success is a different thing, but you're talking about good music and you feel others are making better music. So maybe Mesto is more talented than you. Maybe Mesto works harder. Maybe both. I can't tell. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what your goal is. If your goal is to become a successful producer and you still feel after nine years that your music is not good, uh, I can understand that that could be very discouraging. But even then, if you really don't want this and you tell me you don't want to stop, then don't stop. You just have to keep trying. If you're just making music because you like to make music, then by all means go on, even if the beats don't sound good after 10 years or from now, 10 years later, um, that's up to you. But you have to give yourself that honest evaluation. Have you been putting in the work? Like, are you making beats every day, trying to get better? And um, do you feel that you have some talent for this? Because if there's no improvement or hardly any improvement after a couple of years, that means that it's not really in you. You can get help for that. You can try and get some lessons that might even help. Uh, Like I said, the fundamentals have to be on point as well but I can't tell. But if you like what you're doing, definitely don't give up. Today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle. Banzoogle makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. You can choose from hundreds of mobile-friendly themes and then customize your design and content in a few clicks with Banzoogle's easy visual editor. Now, All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including tools to sell your music and merch commission free, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, and integration to pull in content from all your online services, including Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. I use Banzo to create the share the knowledge podcast website and that was very easy banzoogle plans started just 8 29 a month and include your own free custom domain name now if you want to try it out for free for 30 days click on the link in the description box down below and be sure to use the promo code share to get 15 percent off the first year of your subscription i just want to go back to this same person who just asked me the question in the dms about producing because i didn't even notice that there was a previous question in this same um timeline. I just uh, scrolled and saw that that person already asked a question way back in September of 2017. Uh, The reason I want to mention this is because the question is, I just wanted to know some tips regarding bodybuilding. I'm 18 and skinny, 38 kilograms. So what would be your best suggestion for me to get bulky? Thank you in advance. Now, I never receive questions about bodybuilding advice. And let me state right now, I love to work out, but I am no expert and I do not give bodybuilding advice. Um, I don't mind talking about it. I've done some stuff uh, stuff in my vlogs where I show that I'm working out and I don't even mind talking about what it is that I do uh, or don't do. But for a second there, I, 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 I looked at that weight and I was shocked but actually I can't even um, judge that because I don't know how tall you are. I saw 18, so I'm just imagining a grown person, um, but you can be 18 and you can be half my size. So I don't know, because 38 definitely sounded on the light side. Uh, if you convert that to pounds, that's like, I don't know, 80, 80 pounds, something like that. So yeah, that, that could be pretty skinny, but it all depends on how, uh, how tall you are as well. Now, um, if you want to get bulky, the most logical answer, of course, would be that you probably need to eat more. But I don't know how much you eat and I don't even know if you know how much you eat because there is such a thing as um, what would be a normal calorie intake for a person, your uh, age, height and everything. Um, but first, you should need to know how much it is that you're actually getting in so what could be a good thing to do is to at least track what you're consuming now i use my fitness pal myself but you have other trackers out there um because once you start to track your food then you can see how much you're actually getting in how many calories and maybe you are not getting in enough even if you think that you're eating a lot maybe it's not but it could also just be that you don't really gain weight that easily. Uh, I believe the term is hard gainer, someone who has a hard time adding extra weight. And you have people who have that. Now, there's a lot of information available online, but I am definitely not the person to ask for advice about that. So, um, so even, even though I appreciate the question, uh, I won't get into details. Even if you would send me more, please don't. But um, that's one suggestion that a lot of people might need. I mean, you have a lot of people out there who are having a hard time losing weight, but when they start to track their food, then all of a sudden it's not that much of a mystery anymore because then they find out that they're actually getting in a lot more calories than they thought they were getting in. And with an app like MyFitnessPal, I can even see the macros, so I can see how much uh, protein, how many carbs and how many fats I'm taking in. All of that plays a part. And a lot of people like to guess or feel that they have a clear idea of how much they're eating. But are you really that up to speed on how much you're getting in? That could be uh, a very good starting point. So that would be my suggestion. And have you consulted a doctor? because maybe you're trying to eat a lot. Maybe you're eating hamburgers and pizza and shakes all day and it's not working. I would definitely go and check a doctor and see what their advice would be as well. All right, so I wish you the best of luck getting bulky. I'm gonna try to do the exact opposite and get some pounds off. This last question is actually a pretty good segue into my next question because it is sort of health related. And this is about um, back problems, or also about back problems. So let me get in here. I don't know if you touched this topic, but one thing I find as a nuisance when it comes to doing gigs is the height of the table, which also results uh, to me having shoulder and back problems, where now whenever I go do a gig, I make sure that I have an adequate table to adjust to my flight case, or I just bring my stand. It's something that almost makes me want to recommend to one of my friends who owns a chiropractor practice to set up a booth at some of these DJ festivals. I met DJ Chris the Glove Taylor, who's gotta be at least six foot six, and just thinking about him DJ made my back hurt. Man, yeah, 6'6 six, six is definitely tall. I'm, I'm like six six one, six two. 6'2. Um, but yeah, this is very important. And I still see a lot of video footage um, on YouTube, on IG, on Facebook, where you can just see that the table or the DJ booth is just too low. Now... As a DJ, especially if you play longer sets, you don't wanna have a table that's too low. And when I say too low, I mean that you actually have to stand with an arched back forward to reach the decks. That's not a good position. So just again for the record, I'm definitely not an expert when it comes to this, but I do have experience with this because in my earlier years, I definitely spent a lot of hours. I was also playing longer sets where I was using decks that were on tables that were too low. And my lower back started to give me issues. At first, I didn't put two and two together. So I just started to have those back issues. Didn't know why until I started to realize that my position was just not right. I was spending too much time in that bent, in that arc position. Now that plays a part. I do have to add that making sure that you as a DJ work on your core and your back really makes a difference as well because I started to work out and work out my back and within no time, I started to have a lot less issues. And as a matter of fact, a little bit later on, it got to a point where I never had those issues in the lower back again. But working out is one thing, but when it comes to gigs and when I send my technical rider, my technical rider consists of the equipment that I need for my gig. So in my case, that will mostly state that I need two turntables, Technics, SL1200, Mark II, or anything that compares to that but they have to check me if they don't have the techniques. When it comes to the mixer, I want an S9. Now most places here don't have that, so a lot of times I'll bring that, and if I know the organization in advance, I'll let them know that I'll bring my S9. But especially when I don't know the club or the, the place where it's at, I make sure I also add that I need the booth or the table to be at least a certain height. Now of course, the height that I need won't be the same height that you need. It all depends on your length. But for me personally, I need a table that is at a certain height. Um, I can't even uh, calculate that if, if, if we're talking feet and inches. Um, but when it comes to centimeters, I want one that's at least like uh, 100 or 110 centimeters high. Uh, so I guess that's like three three feet something. Um, because then I'll know that I'll have a pretty good position. That's the table. The decks will go on top of that table. That will leave me in a position where I can stand virtually straight. Now, I already have a slightly arched position when I play, but that's just the way I prefer to stand. But if the tables were too low, that would be a crazy position. position. And I just wouldn't feel comfortable. And I know that it's not good for my back. So, um, I've talked about this. I've made a video on my YouTube channel um, about my back issues that I had then. They were not related to that, but I also talked about that as well. So um, it's a good thing to think about. So especially if you start doing gigs at, uh, you get a new residency, for instance, and their sets just too low, then you need to talk to them or find solutions that can make it possible to get the set up higher. Your back's going to be very grateful if you do that. Let's talk about skill. And for that, I'm going back to Instagram. Uh, I guess this is going to be an Instagram podcast today. Uh, I have another question from the DMs. Now, I received a question from this person um, last month that I already answered. So let me just start with that question because I believe the new question was actually a follow-up to that question. So the first question was, I used to DJ DJ been out of the game over seven years. I'm trying to get back into the game, but every time I practice, it seems like there is this wall blocking me from practicing. I'm not sure if it is a lack of song knowledge or if I'm just not doing it right. I wanted to ask how and what to practice. How can I get over this wall blocking me? So my answer was, I don't know. I suggest you start with the songs you know well and take it from there. And you're going to need to practice a lot. I mean, if you've been out of the game for seven years, um, first off, you're gonna be rusty. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You will get rusty. I mean, you should probably still remember all of the basics if you used to DJ back in the days and you already had those skills, those fundamentals are in your system. But you will need to get back into it, get that feeling again. Now, uh, so I received an answer. Uh, Thank you. As I'm writing this message, I'm getting tips from your YouTube channel. So that's good. And that is a great place to find a lot of the content. Of course, youtube.com slash DJTLMTV. Plug, plug. But I received a follow-up question. So thank you for the advice you gave me. I've been practicing like crazy and actually had a gig According to the club owner and people, I killed it, but I'm still not satisfied. I know I have a lot to learn. I'm expanding my genre of music and living in Utah, I'm learning some EDM and house music. How can I take my skills to another level? All right. Now, it's great to hear that you did a gig and got a great response, like good feedback. So maybe that's gonna lead to more gigs. That's a good thing. Playing in front of people is always a great way to get um, more back into it. But you already stated that you know you still have a lot to learn. So right there, you have your answer. If you know that there's still a lot that you have to learn, then you need to start with those things, whatever those things may be. Um, And a lot of times, we can all still learn new things. That could be learning a new genre of music or learning a new mix technique, a new scratch technique. Uh, You see someone do something with EQ that you haven't done before or realize that that works. Um, There are always things you can learn, of course. So in your case, I have to say, just start with the things that you know you still need to learn and master those first. You started to learn a new genre of music, continue doing that. You can't do everything at once. So we could make an entire list of all the things that could make a DJ a better DJ, but you can't learn all of those things at the same time. And you're already on the right path. So I suggest you start or continue to do what you're doing right now. Learn new more music and um, learn, learn more of the skills that you need to learn. There's always going to be ways that you can take it to a next level. So, for instance, if I'm going to take house as an example, I know that's a broad term right now, but for a lot of house DJs, when it comes to performing, it's more about the mix. They will mix tracks with certain house genres. They'll do actual long blends, uh, do a lot with the EQ and stuff like that, but it's all about the mix. And if you look at more of these, like, show DJs, EDM guys, it's more about the energy and they'll hit those new tracks, sync it up and have the hands in the air, get the energy going, maybe add some pyrotechnics and go nuts that way. Um, And that is their way to add something extra. Um, But skill wise, that's not the hardest skill to obtain because basically they do not do a lot more than mixing the tracks. Um, So of course you need to master that. You need to work on your song selection, that's gonna rock that crowd. Um, But after that, if you wanna take your skills to the next level, and that's what we're talking about here, skills, um, I think looking at something like Red Bull Freestyle could be a great idea. Not that you're gonna have to try to do what they're doing in their sets, but you might be able to take little things from it. So for instance, they like to do a lot of mixes, where the tracks actually have something in common. And it could be that they have a track that at a certain point has some sort of word in there and they'll throw a loop in there and then a new track comes in that has that same word. Or they'll have some pads on the mixer or an add-on controller and they'll start to do some tone play or some play with those words. You need to go check out some of these routines and find little elements that you might be able to add to what you're doing. Or if you were not familiar with turntablism, add a little bit of scratching. Um, All of those things can help you take yourself, your own uh, game to the next level. It's the same thing for me. I know I can still improve a lot. Um, On the skill side, I also took a lot from Red Bull Freestyle and know that I'm going to work on that stuff uh, to add some of those elements to my own DJ sets because I see things that could definitely make my sets more interesting. So I'm not talking about playing the tracks. I'm talking about adding new skills to my skill set. So I see a lot of elements in there that could be interesting. And one thing for me that could help take my game to the next level is actually preparation. Uh, I will never feel comfortable just preparing entire sets and playing a prepared set that's just not my game. I like to play freestyle, but I know for a fact that if I have short routines, not like crazy turntableism routines, but short mini mix like routines, let's say 5-6 tracks that I pick and I pick the perfect point to do my transition with a little extra trick in there and turn that into a mini almost red bull three style type of routine that lasts two minutes but it's very danceable that could elevate my sets to a next level so i'm playing freestyle i'm making sure i read the crowd play what would fit what they're looking for and in that i'll have some mini sets that can add something extra where i can showcase what i do and at the same time really rock them um but that is something i'm gonna have to work on so i'm not really doing that now it's still all freestyle But all freestyle has advantages, but it also has a disadvantage if you wanna truly showcase some of these extras. Um, Because a routine like a Red Bull Freestyle routine is not something you can do freestyle. That is prepared. That is prepared from A to Z. That is made with special edits that will make one track work with the other. So it's not a prepared, It's not a pre-recorded mix, but you will make edits where you'll take this part of the song and add that part of the song. And maybe you'll have eight cue points within that one track. Um, There's a lot that goes into it, but I know for a fact that that could take my sets to a next level. So whenever I get back and focusing more on DJing, that is one of the things I'll be focusing on. Now, of course, that's not my main focus right now because that is my YouTube channel and everything that has to do with my shared knowledge movement, including this podcast. But um, that is a way that I can still take my game to another level. So find out what it is that you master now, and then there's plenty of things that you can still add to that. I want to send another shout out to my sponsor, Bandzoogle. And if you want to ask me a question for a future episode, you can do that through email, DJTLMTV at DJTLM.com, or check me out on social The handle this DJTLM. Ask your question and add the hashtag share the knowledge.